Boz. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. Good. Well, technical evening. I'm actually not recording this the day before. I'm recording it the day of. It is Friday, January 11th, and it is 7.05 p.m., and I'm playing a little bit of catch-up because of a little bit of a, um, hey, you have to be a Green Beret to get this job gig I had uh, yesterday that impacted my day. But nonetheless, it is Friday, and I'm giving you a show. So let's do this. It's Friday. Now here's the crazy part, um, because Friday didn't go according to plan. This is now Monday's show, so you're gonna get uh, for everybody listening. This is Mondays are free, so all you non-subscribers, you're gonna get pretty much every sound effect I offer. You're going to get a Friday sound effect, a weekend sound effect, a Monday sound effect. So good Lord, be prepared for me to rely heavily on other people's work. The greatest weekend of my life. <laughs> and as always, I wouldn't necessarily say that was the greatest weekend of my life, but it was a productive one with Jack Reacher, and it was also um, a restful one. I I know that the first thing people say are, uh, well, that's you know your body needed it, and no, I I don't think that. I think we left our own devices. All of us would rather truly, honestly, sit and relax and watch TV and sleep. Uh, so I don't think my body truly needed it. I just freaking forgot to set an alarm Sunday, so my Sunday went to crap. Um, and then so I, at that point, because I was about six hours behind the schedule, I did just embrace it and relax and um, gave myself a little cheat meal. Um, I am can be a little bit more relaxed on my diet as far as how quote-unquote clean it is because uh, for the Jack Reacher thing, um, I actually have to get some size on me, and, he, and he's in the books, he distinctively does not look like a bodybuilder. Um, so, um, I can, I still need to be smart about what I'm eating and tracking all my numbers, but I can be a little bit more relaxed. So Sunday I gave myself a nice cheat meal and it nearly killed me. And so, uh, as we sit here and I'm recording this, I'm having a nice, lovely tea. And what does tea have to do with a cheat meal? Well, this tea is made up of one bag of something called like, uh, detox, which some, to an extent, I think detoxing is bullcrap, but it's got some interesting ingredients. And another one is called smooth move. Um, so basically this tea is, uh, safely can be called poop tea. So, uh, I will enjoy that right now. Mm, here's the poop tea. Um, but on that, yeah, I, um, got my crap together this weekend and particularly on Friday, even I really am trying to get, uh, for those, I say that phrase a lot, for those of you who follow me or know me, um, I really, I'm very regimented, but over the last several months, I've kind of slipped away from my, uh, like I, I do yoga daily. I don't really, it doesn't do much for my mind, but it is good for my body. Um, and so I've been doing a lot better with yoga. I got back into my meditation thing I do. And so, uh, it's been a nice weekend getting that back into my daily part of life. But just like everything, it takes time um, out of your day. So it takes some uh, scheduling and, and discipline. And then Saturday, uh, worked on the Jack Reacher thing a lot. Um, I got some good connections. I still can't reveal tons of what's going on, but it's awesome. And then I wrapped up Saturday night um, shaving my dog's crotch. Now, hear me out. Um, Izzy has, according to the vet, she's not necessarily incontinent. But she ne does, she's not, not housebroken by any means, but she drips a little bit. 
Um, and as I understand it, the science behind it is uh, if you could teach a dog to do Kegel exercises, that's what Izzy needs to do because she's getting a little old. So she drips a little bit here and there. You know, crap happens. I love your, you love your dog. So, you know, a little drip here and there on the floor. Just wipe it up with some, uh, like, antibacterial spray and move on. But because she has a, she's a slightly longer-haired dog, um, you know, like if she's sleeping or laying down for a long day, some of those drips get into her hair and then under her skin, and it's kind of, A, it's not hygienic, but B, you know, just like uh, hospital patients, they can get bed sores. So it's nice to keep that uh, area of her body a little bit more uh, air airy. <laughs> so <laughs> every once in a while, I have to kind of pretty much uh, shave her uh, loins and her crotch area and everything where all that, that the pee could sit and rest. So uh, she's actually an extremely well-behaved dog. So uh, Saturday night was a uh, dog crotch shaving party, you know, and while I was at it, she got some nail clipping and some hair or her ears cleaned and uh, shaved the crotch. And again, we're not talking porn shave here. It's not with a straight blade. It's just with clip like animal, animal hair clippers like you use on sheep. No big deal. And, uh, and then I had to take a shower with her because it's a lot of hair involved. And uh, so she's very pretty right now and uh, i guess she has the dog version of a brazilian just kidding she looks normal you just you wouldn't know if i wouldn't tell, tell you or if you'd looked unless you looked like before and after pictures so welcome to my weekend party on uh you know what it's monday let's get the sucker started and like i said it is monday and so for those of you new to the show we're only relying on the monday show i try to pack in as much as i can it's going to be a good show Cowboy term and sex term will be back. Uh, my uh, interview with the Craig, with Craig on the Craig Avery show in the United Kingdom is on the tail end of here. Uh, it's going to be a good show. Um, I'm going to review a movie, and at this point in the recording, I can't decide if I'm going to do a review of Solo, a, a Star Wars story, or uh, Hugh Jackman's The Greatest Showman. Um, either way, they'll get done. I'm just not sure which one at this point. So uh, it is Monday. Dude, Mondays is just terrible. I hate Mondays. I really hate Mondays. And you know what? We're going to change up the format a little bit. Since it's Monday, uh, I do love Today in History. It is a kind of fun, but I want to really jump into the show and uh, really get to the uh, adult vulgarity. However, I keep it PG, PG-13-ish, and do a cowboy term or sex term. Yeah! All right, so cowboy term or sex term, for those of you who don't know, Basically, uh, it's a little game. I uh, do a call. Sometimes it's with the person I'm interviewing that day, and a lot of times it's just my friends. Um, I do a call, and then I give the uh, person on the phone a term, and it's either kind of a cowboy term, some sort of western or horse ranch-esque genre term, or some sort of term used in uh, slang in in the world of sex or pornography or whatever. And then that person has to tell me if it's a cowboy term or sex term. And that's really where I, we determine if they're right or wrong. The following is just for my entertainment. So they tell me what kind of term they think it is. And then they have to give me their what they think the definition is. And then, uh, and then the sound effect you'll hear will be uh, cor- collate, correlate with the appropriate, the right answer. So if you hear a yee-haw, it means the right answer was a cowboy term. If you hear uh, Duke Nukem saying, I'm bringing sexy back it is the right answer is a sex term so um the joke the humor of it is, is uh if it's just like for, if it's an innocuous cowboy term and they say sex term and then go off on the deep end with some horrendously uh, vulgar description of which they still have to keep pg-13 uh then it truly gives you a, a reveal into the listener's mind so 
Without further ado, here is cowboy term or sex term. All right, and finally, I'm getting back, getting my shit together, and finally bringing back cowboy term or sex term more than once this week. And we bring back, I, I'm just going to say the reigning champion just because that's what you would say, but I really don't officially know if Scott is the reigning champion, but I'll bring back Scott, the reigning champion. Hello, hello, happy to be here. How can I, how can I help everyone involved? <laughs> You're going to educate us on cowboy term or sex term. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, like I explained in the uh, intro, uh, the short of it is, um, I'm going to say a cowboy term or a sex term. Scott's going to say what he thinks it is, and then he's going to have to give me the uh, theoretical definition, and then you're going to hear a sound effect that uh, court, uh, coincides with the right answer. So you're either going to hear uh, yeehaw if it's a cowboy term, or Duke Nukem, I'm bringing sexy back if it is a sex term. So we'll uh, hammer out these, you know, three or four, we'll see how it goes. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. All right. Number one, cowboy term or sex term? <laughs> I've already loaded these. Ace in the hole. Cowboy term or sex term? Ace in the hole. Oh, what? <laughs> ace in the hole. Okay. I mean, I know ace in the hole is like like a gambling term, Cards, poker yeah, term, term yeah. of phrase term. Yeah. I'm going to go, just because I don't think I've ever heard it in that context, I'm going to go cowboy term. I have no idea what that means, but I'm going to say <laughs> ace in the hole. Maybe it's like you're uh, kind of like the expression. It's the guy or the person on your team who's like the uh, the, the automatic win kind of thing, like the best, the best bet oh, to play. Gotcha. All right. Damn. Scott is really wise. All right. So was he right? Cowboy term or sex term? Yeah. Cowboy term. He was right. Ace, Ace in the hole. Uh, again, and then the uh, the definition is just for my humor. There's nobody will ever get it right. <laughs> it's more uh, the category that matters for this contest. Uh, but the definition "ace in the hole" is a hideout or a hidden gun. So kind of in the same vein of you know having a hidden card or uh, you know a guy with the best skills, like you were saying. So not too far off. So you're one for one. All, all right. right. All right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> number two, cowboy term or sex term. Number two, a hat trick. Cowboy term or sex term. Hat trick, like you hear in sports and soccer, etc. H a t t r i c k. Oh shit! Oh shit! Okay. I mean, we all. I, I think most people know what the hat trick is. It's like, oh, he did this, he did that, and it's the hat trick. He did all yeah. of it, kind of thing. Three. So yeah. I'm wondering if maybe in the context of a sex term, that might be the same thing. Like, uh, the hat trick would be, God, I don't even know. Probably just like rounding all the bases, as it were, and then maybe hitting one extra stop if you get my meaning. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the other thing. I, well, I probably I'll mention it in the intro, which I've yet to record at this point. But yeah, in the intro, this, Scott, as he as as a, a veteran of the game, knows that you have to keep this PG thirteen, which makes it a little bit more fun. Um, <laughs> uh, so Scott, you're obviously going with sex term, and you gave I'm a theoretical definition. Term. And was he right? I'm bringing sexy back. He was right. Sex term. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> nowhere right, nowhere near right other than the the tree, the number three being involved because of a hat trick. Um, in this case, okay. Again, now I have to define, I have to read these back in a PG-13 um, context. This is a scientific word, but just in case there's kids in the car and mommy's listening. Uh, a hat trick is um, ejecting, but not ejecting. 
uh, three times during sex, oh. or I'll I'll turn. Yeah, uh, good luck. That that can't. I think that's scientifically almost impossible. That's 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 a tough that's a tough one to do. I, <laughs> I can understand impressive. why that would be called a hat trick. <laughs> that's some that's some kegel. Uh, and uh, alternate definition number two: having sex with three different partners on the same day. Which I'm. That's that's wow. not science. That's what that's if you easy. had a hat trick with a hat trick. <sighs> that's a that's a that's something that only happens in the Matrix. That's some that's some extra. That's a meta shit. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like exponential. That's like mathematical. Where uh, where what's the little top hat thing at the side of a nine to the nth power? That's like algebra. <laughs> that's sex algebra. That's about to happen. <laughs> All right. So Scott's two for two. Uh, let's let's go with number three to keep it odd, so we can uh, see what we can do here. Cowboy Turbo Sex term number three. <laughs> Hedgehogging. <laughs> H E like hedge and hogging one word. Oh, Cowboy term or sex term. Hedge, hedgehogging. Okay. Uh, I don't know if this is right, but I'm going with my gut, and I'm going to say it's a sex term. And I think I have maybe multiple, <laughs> multiple possible definitions. Go for it, homie. Okay. So I've 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 heard occasionally hedgehogging to be described akin to prairie dogging. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's say it's uh, it's between two people, usually a man and a woman. Let's say one party is maybe peeking in on the other party a little bit, <laughs> like a uh, you know. It's what you add after a meal. Starts with a T. Just that, <laughs> just to see how it feels. Uh, it's either that or it's probably. Uh, watch, it'll be like a cowboy term, and it's something super, <laughs> yeah, super you safe. Put some serious tap dancing into this. Yeah, I'm going. Well, with sex okay. <laughs> All right, cowboy term is sex term. Scott says sex term, and was he right? I'm bringing sexy back. That's right. It is a sex term. Oof. Um, this one was a lose-lose of uh, vulgarity. No matter what your theory was or whether you got it right, either way, it just means you're a vulgar human being. Uh, so either way, you win and lose at the same time. Uh, oh, good. At least, at least <laughs> according to this website called um, Creative Loafing. Um, again, just Googled up uh, vulgar sex terms, and here's what I got. Um, God, these are beautiful. Hedgehogging. Is an absurd sex act in which a woman stuffs eh, into her eh, just as practical as the urban myth of gerbiling. Um, maybe a little bit of uh, uh, um, uh, the guy from uh, Pretty Woman uh, Origins, yep, maybe. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So uh, we'll just leave it at that. So Scott, in a in a win, yet at the same time winning is losing on this show, is three for three. <laughs> I am uh, <coughs> the reigning champion. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll take that again. I am the reigning yeah. champion. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll get a badge made up someday, and we'll uh, get a special lapel pin made up for cowboy term or sex term. The <laughs> <laughs> 2018-2019 current champion. Exactly. All right, well, we'll say our fake goodbyes, so thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Bye. Bye. 
All right. So uh, now here's where we get into a little bit of education for this. I mean, technically, this has all been educational. You learned some uh, interesting terms and whether they were cowboy terms or sex terms. But moving on into more uh, historical education, let's touch on today in history. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Life story of Playboy Penny. Extra, extra. All right. So today in history, not exactly sexy at all. But I'll hammer out some things just for uh, you young'uns that need some perspective, for some of us that need some nostalgia, and for some super old people that find this to be slightly depressing. I aim to please all three of you. But first, a drink of my uh, poop tea. Just a minute. It's out of my reach. It's the hold music. Hold music. All right, we are back. Hammer these suckers out today, January 14th in 1914. The, assemb- uh, the assembly line for Henry Ford's automobiles was reduced. Or I'm sorry, the assembly time for Henry Ford's automobiles was reduced to 12 and a- from 12 and a half hours to 93 minutes. An hour and a half to make a car. Crazy. Uh, moving on. Uh, Nannygate, that was interesting. David Letterman moves to CBS to compete with Johnny Carson and Jay Leno in 1993. Oh, man, 1993, that's just when that happened. That seems like yesterday. Uh, January 14th, 1990. God, this is, okay, for me, I'm in the category of nostalgia and perspective today. Uh, Today, 1990, uh, TV show with one of the most vulgar comedians hosting one of the most family-friendly shows where pretty much every show was guaranteed to see a man kicked in the nuts or hit in the nuts some way, shape, or form. America's Funniest Home Videos, where uh, our embarrassment made us money. Um, uh, the Today Show airs on NBC in 1952. That's interesting. I think it's got the same hosts, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, Edgar Allan Poe on this day in 1832 has his first published short story. I have no idea what it was, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't the rap, rap, rapping on my door one. Um, birthday, birthday, birthday. Jason Bateman, America's America's favorite actor, born today. Birthdays, birthdays, birthdays. More birthdays, more deaths. Yeah, like I said, not a sexy day. I'm not going to drag it out. That was today in history. <laughs> And because I'm a movie guy, every Monday we look at the box office for uh, if you go to movies like I need to be going more, which is absurd that I don't. Maybe I'll go after I record this. Screw it. I might go to a movie tonight. Uh, Wait, no, I don't have any money. (laughs) Ah, that pesky thing. Yeah, no movie for me. Um, But uh, for those who go to movies, let's see uh, where your money went in this weekend's box office. All right, this weekend's box office. I normally I'll hammer out twenty to ten, and then we'll discuss ten to one a little bit. Uh, but counting down from twenty, Free Solo. Don't know what it is. Number nineteen, Mary Queen of Scots. Don't know what it is. Eighteen, my favorite. Seventeen, A Star Is Born is still lingering up in the top twenty, which is awesome. Sixteen, Second Act. Don't know. Fifteen, Green Book. Uh, Viggo Mortensen and um, and the unknown, the gentleman I can't think of his name. Uh, that's awesome. I want to see it. Looks kind of like an indie film. Not making a lot of money, honestly. But fifteen. 14, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, 13, If Beale Street Could Talk. Ugh. 12, Replicas. Uh, 11, Bohemian Rhapsody. It finally dropped out of the top 10. 
uh, cleaned up at the Grammy or Oscar, uh, Golden Globes. And now where I get a little uh, bias, uh, number 10, Vice with Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney, of which I spent several weeks on, and I think I'm in like two scenes. Uh, but you actually hear me talk, which, I don't know. Uh, it's cool, and I'm never taking for granted the work I get, but I'm very, uh, I want more, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, uh, number nine, The Mule, uh, cl- proving Clint Eastwood can act at, uh, even though he's over 110 years old. Eight, on the basis of sex, we're in the $6 million mark at this point. Seven, Bumblebee. <sighs> I mean, I would love, as a fan, uh, I'm di- tired of the Transformer movies. As an actor, I'd love to be in them. So that, that's my own worst enemy. Number six, Mary Poppins Returns. Sounds like it's a fun movie. It's at the $7 million mark. Five, Escape Room. If I had money to go to a movie tonight, I would possibly go to that because I like scary movies. It's at the eight, almost $9 million mark. Four, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is awesome animated uh, Spider-Man universe cartoon uh, that is crushing it and a lot of people love. Uh, that's at $9 million. Three, A Dog's Way Home. I mean, I must have missed it because I have no idea. Uh, it opened this weekend at $11 million. And the top two, Aquaman, I know, complete, totally, has made over $1 billion. That's B as in boy, bravo, billion. Uh, and so for the DC world, they needed that. Uh, but this weekend, it made $17 million. And it was then beat by The Upside with Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart, which on the surface, looks very good. Uh, I think Cranston make, can do no wrong. I hope his career remains that way. Um, however, the thing that sucks is this looks like it could be a good role for Kevin Hart, uh, proving he might be able to act. But the problem is, is for me as a fan, I have Kevin uh, Hart o- wi- overdose. I'm done. I'm so sick of him in every freaking movie, TV show, uh, especially with the news with the Oscars. Uh, I mean, it poop happens. He's a working actor. So as an actor, I'm like, cool, get in every movie you can. But I don't know. It sucks because he's kind of, for me, and I know other people have mentioned another podcast I listen to, He, uh, it's kind of like, oh, great. He's in a good movie apparently, but I'm, I'm, I'm tired of him already. So, <laughs> uh, But again, Brian Cranston is a good draw, and hopefully this, this might clean the slate because a lot of comedians can act actually very well in dramas. Uh, Robin Williams, uh, good man to good, uh, good dramatic roles. So. That was the rushed version of this weekend's box office. Oh, and one of the things uh, I hadn't done in a while, because I personally hadn't done in a while, is I share kind of a journal. But like I've said in the past, if you're new to the show, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But it's it's not like my Doogie Howser journal, Dear Diary thing. But it's actually a plan of action journal I do daily. And sometimes it helps other people. So here is uh, the resurgence of Jeff's journal. All right, so since I pre-record some of these shows, this actually is not Monday's journal. This will be the day prior's journal. Uh, but the background, so everybody kind of knows what the crap I'm talking about. Uh, you're actually hearing me in the background finding the page. Um, I do a journal thing, and this was at the encouragement of a handful of people, and I kind of made an, a, a hybrid of all their suggestions. Um, and uh, I look at it like scuba diving. For those of you who scuba dive, there's a phrase where you dive your plan and you plan your dive. And... Uh, I do this in the morning just after I wake up while I'm drinking my morning coffee, and I uh, it, it sets myself up for various things, uh, positivity, um, a plan, and an awareness, basically. And the three categories I journal, and it's not even a journal, it's more or less a bulleted list, but the th- three things I focus on each day is gratitude. I 
I over enunciated that, so you know what I was saying. I don't really actually pronounce the word gratitude. Gratitude. Uh, assertion and action. Uh, so gratitude is obviously what I'm thankful for, something I need to be aware of because I think me and a lot of us take things for granted. Assertion is a proclamation of something um, I will do. Um, I, I don't like affirmation because it sounds weak and passive. And lastly, action, something I will do that day, act you know, like physically will do. So uh, my last journal entry, gratitude. I'm very thankful for one of my uh, best friends, Allison. She uh, has she's been with me for a ridiculously long time. Uh, we met before I even moved to LA at uh, Whiskey Go Go at a nine electric concert, and uh, we've been. Th thick and thin no matter what time goes between us hanging out and seeing each other we've been friends forever and that day I was especially uh especially just grateful for her being in my life uh the uh assertion for that day is I will find my version of balance um I'm working on getting all my poop together and I hate the word balance because a lot of people use that as an excuse to spend 50% of their time on their ass at the beach and 50% of their time working. To me, that's not balance. Um, but I'm trying to find my version of balance. And lastly, action for that day. Um, I really wanted to focus working on the Jack Reacher stuff, the Land of Oz, the podcast, um, do a lot of actor study stuff, and then uh, sit down and read a book. So that was my action uh, for, uh, what was that, today, Sunday, the uh, 13th. So, that was Jeff's journal. Hopefully it might inspire you to do something similar. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to do a movie review. I'm uh, never timely on these, so just deal with it. I think I reviewed a movie on one of the shows that was a 10-year-old movie, so suck it. Uh, but I just watched... Um, you can tell some stuff's going on behind the scenes with Marvel and Disney and Netflix, but Netflix just got a dump of... Uh, of like Indiana Jones and Star Wars movies and a butt ton of Marvel movies. Uh, so I finally sat down and watched Solo, a Star Wars story. And uh, let's chat about it in a little bit of nerd talk. Nerd! So this is uh, the side chapters they're now doing with the Star Wars universe. And essentially this is an origin story or a prequel, uh, giving us kind of like the, uh, where'd Han Solo come from? And all right, well, I'll do it is horrible for podcasting because so much of this is video based, but I'll, uh, play the trailer for you uh, for Solo, a Star Wars story. You're off to something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. <laughs> L3! Let's go with a mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. 
You might want to buckle up, baby. So right off the bat, uh, still got the chills. I don't know why, uh, but pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Uh, my good friend Peyton comes on here and we nerd out together. We might have to have a show over this because <laughs> I texted her one time uh, asking if I should rent it. And she was not subtle in her negative on that one. Uh, and I watched it and I I don't know if that's because I'm tired, but you know what? If you are a uh, original Star Wars, Star Wars guy, like, you know, the early, the first ones, the uh, one, two, three, four, five, and six episodes, um, I dug it. it th- it's directed by Ron Howard. So Lucas, you know, has some affiliation one way or another, but it's directed by Ron Howard. And to be brutally honest, it captured the fun and, and youthfulness of the original Star Wars before it got stupid and all tech uh, gimmicky and lame and goofy and I, I my fan I, Han Solo was my favorite the second I saw him on screen uh, I could have cared about anybody else in the universe the uh, Star Wars universe and this kid the actor I always forget his name it's a weird name uh you know what he captures that he captures that solo swagger uh you know and if you think about it just can think about if like Harrison Ford just think about the uh, Harrison Ford we know uh from the first Star Wars he was in um I, he captures it. I truly think he gets it. And it's cool because there are nods to little things we all know about. And um, like particularly the little dice that's in the Millennium Falcon. And they're nods that aren't goofy and uh, lame and gimmicky. But they're nods that kind of are like, oh, that's cool. It For whatever reason, psychologically in cinema, it's kind of nice to tie all these prequels together to the, uh, the, the source material, if you will. Uh, so there's cool little nods like that. And a, cool, a lot of cool little ways where the writer uh made us go ah so that's where that came from or oh cool that's nice to know that but it wasn't to the point where it's just a one long you know hour and a half two hour long gimmick of goofiness um it's really cool to see how chewy gets in the picture how i mean you even get to see how he got his blaster you get to see as far as like even like psychologically where he probably gets a little bit of his jadedness about trusting people and uh his focus on money and smuggling it is a god dang fun story uh woody harrelson in it is great uh yeah, really go check it out. Uh, reply, comment on any platform possible. And let me know what you think if you haven't seen it or if you have and disagree. Uh, but I'm really brutally not happy with a lot of the latest Star Wars. The uh, the episodes one, two, and three were nice kind of just because it was nice to kind of see what happened in episodes one, two, and three. Um, then the last two uh, with Luke coming back, uh, spoilers here, uh, with Luke coming back and Solo dying. Um, those ones kind of felt like they're kind of getting back to it, but they still felt like hokey. And honestly, this, this solo was good. I I was really cringing when I was getting ready to hit play and I was very happy with it. I truly think 
he captured his swagger. He captured the Han Solo that we knew before he got, uh, you know, kind of betrayed and getting that jaded attitude. So I think uh, it worked. It's a fun movie. It's great to see how the Millennium Falcon gets in there, Lando Calrissian. I don't know. Thumbs up. They nailed it. So uh, that was my um, really rambly, template-less review of Solo. And admittedly, this section, this uh, today's segment, I don't really know what it is. It's I. It's kind of motivation, inspiration. Keep you know, keep focused and drive on. And it's kind of relationshipy. Uh, so. I'm going to lean on a little bit of motivation. So here is today's uh, motivation chat. All right. So the disclaimer, and I sincerely on family members' graves mean this. I am in a great mood. I have no jaded uh, attitude or negativity going on as I record this. This truly has been uh, on my mind. Actually, it's been on my mind since college, uh, this topic, and it just was kind of refreshed this weekend. And uh, I, it comes from a place of just conversation, basically. And obviously, this is a one-way conversation. But it comes from a place of, you know, it's on my mind, and it might be on somebody's mind, and I'm just curious. Um, but... For those people chasing, and I'm not saying there are certain goals or dreams that are harder or more grandiose than others, but logistically there are. Um, insert all applicable uh, disclaimers from here on out possible. Uh, but to be a Green Beret was is a little easier than um, my experience uh, getting a job at a tire store. I'm not saying the tire store job wasn't good and I didn't enjoy my time, but you see my point. So some are a little bit more hard and grandiose than others. And uh, some and those quote-unquote harder ones also have a little bit more impact on your universe, your circle, your friends, your family, your relationships, so on and so forth. And so some are more conducive to having family and children, you know, a significant other and children, and some of them are not as conducive. And that's what this one's about today is the conducivity <laughs> of certain of the grandiose, more extreme dreams and goals and their... Uh, their uh, compatibility with uh, relationships and children, for example. And what brought this up is a close friend of mine today. She's been uh, out of the loop. I, you know, she's not a huge on social media, but I haven't seen her on, in the social media loop for a while. But that wasn't too uh, against her mo. Um, and then uh, she popped out of nowhere, straight up pregnant, and moving. <laughs> and uh, it's she's she's one of the kind of people that the life she lives is uh, hers and beautiful and it's astonishing. But I didn't see that coming, and it's none of this again is a judgment. Um, but it kind of threw me because last I knew she wanted to do you know like she wanted to have goals that were very Hollywood, L.A. industry centric. Um, and uh, it made me think about back to this moment in college where one of my closest friends he uh, ended up. I don't know the logistics, but the the slight chronological effect was uh, pregnancy, marriage, kind of life change. Um, and I believe he had similar goals as me um, for uh, wanting to, you know, someday move to Hollywood and make dreams come true. And I'm not saying what he, you know, I'm, again, <laughs> obviously you could tell I'm walking on really thin ice here, I feel like. But there's no judgment to any of these people I'm mentioning. Some of these these people I'm using as references and examples are still some of my closest friends and most inspirational friends and friends have impacted me for till the day I die. There's no question about that. 
Um, but it just made me always think about, you, you end up doing a little bit of life reflection because there's two sides to it. Like, people know me know I love kids. Um, I, I, I think, and I value, for example, these two people, the good thing of what they're doing is, is um, I don't think people who want to be good parents should do what I'm doing <laughs> because uh, I would be a bad parent being the way I am. Uh, you know, I can barely keep my dog uh, sustained in my life. Um, if I was to stay the way I am and insert a kid into that life, I would be a very neglectful father. If these two people I'm using as examples stayed the way they were prior to uh, relationship and, and, and parenthood, they would be bad parents. So that's what I'm saying to their credit. They changed their life to become good parents. They altered their uh, extreme pursuit of these goals to taper it down a little bit so they can actually sustain a relationship and a family. Because alternatively, if they didn't do that, that would make them really crappy parents, which is not to get too deep into my personal life, but that's part of the reason I don't have kids is I'd rather be a good parent, but to be a good parent, I can't be the way I am now. And that translates into relationships and uh, children. So I don't really have a point to any of this, but it's an interesting, I don't know, kind of social conundrum in that a lot, you know, and even the Green Beret thing, I, it's a running joke in the military, but at least in my experience as a Green Beret, it's, it's no joke how many divorces they, the Green Berets and SEALs have. It's just, they're not conducive to relationships. It takes a really special experience and, and a person to sustain that on both sides of the equation. And uh, the way I handle my life in Hollywood is extremely unsustainable for relationships and children uh, because um, I have a really good friend. This is really, this is random, but here's my parallel is he was a single guy in the military and he, uh, the short version is, is he didn't ever want to get tied down to a relationship. Not because he was like a, a man whore getting around every weekend, but because he did like the life of not being in a relationship. And I remember um, when he mentioned, he said that cause, um, it came up at some barbecue at my house at the time and um, a woman had just met him or somebody, the conversation was such that he was getting ready to go to, I can't remember where he was at, Japan, I think. He's getting ready to be stationed in Japan and he he has a, uh, I don't want to say fetish, but he has a favor, he favors uh, Asian women and he goes, the, basically the conversation went that, they said, well, why aren't you, why aren't you in a relationship? You know, you're a good guy or whatever. And he goes, cause I like Asian women. I want to get there when I'm single. And some people kind of gasped at that. And I actually can't fault the guy because he was being honest. It's, he was being true to what he knew he was going to be. And he was being honorable in that he wasn't getting a relationship because he knew what he wanted later. And so he didn't get into one just to be in one. So he actually actively was anti-relationship because he knew he wanted to try a relationship elsewhere. Uh, he's since marrying a great father or a great husband and all that. Um, but that's my point is admitting what you're going to do and how it is not conducive to being in a relationship or having children, I think has a kind of a, you know, you don't deserve a medal, but it has a sense of honor to it. I know I will not change or compromise. It makes me as of, you know, me and my dog, it doesn't make me a bad person. If I did that in a relationship, in a marriage with children and maintained the way I am now, that would make me a bad boyfriend, a bad husband, a bad father. No question. I would say that makes me a really crappy person. So it's kind of like admitting what you will and will not do. So uh, I think there are certain jobs like that. You might be in one yourself and you may or may not need to hear this, or you may be in a relationship and pursuing that job. And in that case, you're probably going, geez, Jeff, thanks. This is really depressing. And in that case, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, to be honest with you. Um, if you are in one of those extreme uh, professions, for lack of better terms, it is... 
Hell if I know the answer. Uh, it is a fact. Every relationship of mine that has failed, or not failed, ended, some failed, uh, but either terminated or failed or burned down or politely ended, was because of the way I work in my career and my pursuit of my career. Uh, that's like 100%, like 10 for 10, not literally 10, well, more than 10, I don't know. But that is absolutely the case. Every single one of my relationships that ended has been because of the way I am with my career. So I'm not a moron to not think, well, what's the common denominator? It's everybody else's, not everybody else, not me. No, the common denominator, the variable that's the same in every mathematical relationship equation for me particularly is the way I handle my career. I don't negotiate on going out. I don't negotiate. I, I mean, I obviously I do to an extent, but anybody who knows me long enough knows I don't. Um, I will not, if there's dating to be done and and, uh, you know, to be a parent to, you know, obviously take your kid out to the park and give them the time. I won't do that. Thus why I almost do better, not uh, having children and being in a relationship because I like the way I am now, because you know, the minute somebody goes, Hey, do you want to go to a movie? The first thing I think of is like, okay, that's gas money. That's money for gas. That's movie tickets where I could actually use that for gas to go to an audition, or I could actually use that for sleep time, which means I can get up earlier to go to the gym rather than go out and stay out late, which serves no purpose other than nothing. Uh, you know, so that's just how I work. Uh, it's possibly effed up, but uh, it's not. <laughs> so it's just an interesting conundrum. And if you're in a relationship or, or, or a parent and pulling it off, God's good for you. Because I, I don't know, you know, I don't know, I wouldn't know until I tried it. But I don't know what it's like to be a parent and be the way I am. Uh, obviously, the proverbial compromise probably has to happen somewhere. And if you're doing it, great. If you're looking at how to do it, I don't know the option. Um, but I guess do know... If you're having stresses and doubts, do know they're not unwarranted. They're probably definitely legitimate, uh, but I don't know the answer to them. Um, uh, for me, it's not having kids, uh, and you know, it's not getting into a, a marriage level a level of relationship where there's marriage uh, now, based on my past, for sure. Uh, because yet again, uh, the crushing end of that was how I worked and how hard I worked. Uh, not to get too personal about it, but it was I didn't give time to the individual and the individual needed more time from other people and, or me or, and now other people, I guess. And that's not something I was, uh, you know, it makes me kind of a crappy boyfriend uh, to be honest, to get in a relationship knowing how I am. So it would also make me a crappy father. Uh, but it's, uh, it's really hard. So if you're not in a relationship or not having kids or whatever, if you're kind of parallel to my boat, um, stay strong and just be aware of what you are or are not willing to do and what you are and are not willing to sacrifice. Um, there are moments of weakness where you're human and you want to, you know, be with your tribe and do quote unquote normal things. But, you know, let's be honest, um, to do those extreme abnormal things, whether it's be, like, again, I'll say being a green beret versus a guy that puts on tires, uh, for a high school and college job. Because uh, one has a little bit more uh, relationship and social flexibility than the other one. Um, or being, you know, wanting to be the next Hugh Jackman. Um, I'm going to have to live, eat, and breathe that. And uh, I choose to. So if you're in a similar boat with your career, and it's all relative. You know, maybe going back to college feels like you're trying to become a, a Green Beret or a famous Hollywood actor. It might feel that way because of the, your life circumstance. And it's all relative. But whatever it is you're going through, I guess stick at it, uh, be relentless. Uh, you do you. And just at the end of the day, when your head hits the pillow, no, uh, try to just know you're a good person. Uh, I guess that's the only thing that gets me through because I do know I fail and I'm, I'm a poor brother and a poor, uh, son 
and a poor friend a lot of times. And I know my friends, family, and, and people in my life give me a lot of slack. And uh, that's probably my biggest regret at the end of every day. And um, hopefully it pays off. And I hope it pays off for you. So that's been kind of motivation chat. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Uh, but maybe it's something you all need to hear. It's maybe something I needed to say. But hopefully it touched somebody out there in a uh, hopefully positive way. And you can hear Izzy in the background destroying a toy. She's got cabin fever because when I record, she can't play. So anyway, <laughs> that's been motivation chat. All right. And now to round out the rest of the show, uh, sometimes I have a guest. Izzy. <laughs> hey, go to bed. You're ruining my recording. Lay down. Good audio. This is good. This is good radio right here. Uh, but for those of you who have been with the show long enough, a lot of times I'll bring on a guest and we'll do a little chat chat here. Here, uh, however, is a radio interview I did in the United Kingdom with on the Craig Avery show this in January. Uh, it's a good little interview, and I just love to share this with people that like to hear me talk to other people. Uh, but here's the Craig Avery show from January 2019. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Those blues songs often end like that, don't they? It's a great pleasure to welcome Jeff Bosley to the program. Welcome, Jeff. Good afternoon, How you, or I guess evening. How are you doing? Yeah, we're doing very well. It is a, it's early evening. We're just after 6 o'clock UK time. UK time. Now, oh, I hit, just to set the picture, you're you're on a ranch at the moment. As always. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm uh, yeah, I'm at a ranch. I volunteer at uh, a couple times a week, and uh, currently a horse, uh, Romeo, is biting me. <laughs> no joke. Apparently, he's really pissed I'm talking to you. <laughs> uh, I think that's probably the first time somebody's been bitten on a horse on my show. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I, it won't, I'll, I'll guarantee it won't be the last. <laughs> now, um, it's been a part of our show for many years. I was trying to think how many years we've had you uh, return. I was just noticing that. I was actually organizing my desktop, and I had a couple files from uh, interviews you and I had done. And I just did a quick search, and I, I think I saw something like you said, some 2011 or something. Wow, yeah, I, I, that's it's absurd. <laughs> yeah, I think that's on three different stations. I know we've been channel radio for quite a few years, and uh, so basically, you and I are just getting around, but we yeah, stay in touch yeah. with each other. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about what you're doing now, and, I, and I'm sure regular listeners of my show are very familiar, and in fact, they're looking forward to hearing you again. But there are some who's some who wouldn't know your story, so if you could do a little bit of a recap of. Uh, oh, always. Um, well, I. Grew up in Idaho, thus my love for the ranch I'm at, and uh, grew up in Idaho, and I did uh, the usual stuff us American boys do. We actually, American football, European football, rodeo, and the usual, went off to college, did, you know, pre-med for about four years, and I figured after four years of pre-med, then I would drop out. Took a year off, worked at a trucking uh, trucking company, which sucked, and then I went back to college for another four years, and I was a theater major, and um, I've always loved acting and pretending and i never just i never saw it as a feasible uh, practical job um, my father's an er physician so i just kind of saw you know practicality in my life and then uh 9-11 happened and uh, you know i i, I at that point in my age i was kind of like I, I guess i'll admit i was kind of scared i always wanted to join the military too but i was kind of you kind of get old and stuck in your ways and i kind of got more and more scared and less motivated and about a year almost two years after 9-11 i finally said you know what, screw it Joined the Army, made my way into the uh, Army Special Forces, which is basically like British SAS for uh, your, uh, European listeners, maybe the French Foreign Legion, depending on how you look at it. And then I did that for a handful of years. I was a firefighter for a couple more. And then through various circumstances, I finally said, forget it. Let's go chase the Hollywood dream you've always wanted since you were a kid. 
and uh, packed up everything, sold it, moved, and uh, here I am paying my bills, playing pretend in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> well, there's been some. That's the short version. Yeah, there's been some. There's been some good stuff at the highlights at the, uh, and you've had some good roles uh, along, oh, yeah, along the way. Sure. Uh, before we well, talk, the one. Carry yeah, on. Go ahead. No, please, sir. No, I was going to say, just if you could just highlight a few of those great moments before we talk about what's happening, because the last year has been spectacular. Absolutely, yeah. The biggest thing is, is Christmas Day. Uh, the, in here in, well, I guess worldwide, the uh, the movie Vice came out with Christian Bale, where he plays our uh, our uh, vice president, Dick Cheney. And um, I was in that. The last two movies I love that I put a lot of time into. They became the proverbial cutting room floor movies, though they're uh, they're a lesson in uh, Hollywood. Um, that movie, I was I was hired for two weeks. I knew I wasn't going to be like you know I wasn't going to upstage Christian Bale anytime soon, but I was I was hired for two weeks, and I haven't even seen the movie yet. But I, as I understand, <laughs> I've been in the movie for maybe 120 seconds. Uh, but I don't. Uh, anybody who knows me, I'm I'm six and a half feet tall. I don't hide well in the background, so I'm easy to spot. And then um, another movie. It's depending. It's a year. It's a uh, has an Asian market release, so it has two different names. One, it's PMC or Take Point. And I spent almost six months on that in Korea. It's like a sci-fi action thriller movie. And uh, again, I mean, this, it, the disproportionality of movie making is astonishing. You know, I spent six months on that under the impression I had a pretty hefty role, but you know, I wasn't there. Uh, the lead in the movie, we were, I was like a co-lead. Yeah. And. Uh, a whole whopping maybe five minutes in that movie. It's a two-hour movie. Spent almost six months in a foreign country. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I whine and moan in it. But those were the big ones. But I they, uh, at the end of the day, I, I can't. I'm getting paid to pretend. Yeah. So that's, I can't even <laughs> complain. You know, it, it's a fun. It's my little childhood dream come true. So And, and there, is a yeah, role, are... there is one particular role that I'm particularly jealous of. Yeah, and that's the one I'm pretty sure you have as your desktop on your um, on your uh, computer. Um, I, the very one of my first roles was the uh, every role I've got almost all, all my good fun meaty ones were from a friend. Another actually another Green Beret here in the city. He's a generation older than me, and he was in New York filming with Uma Thurman as the uh, stunt coordinator. And they're like, "Hey, we need a big, tall, muscular, pretty boy that can you know act and and get punched in the face." And he called me and. I flew to New York. Next thing you know, I'm having a uh, implied uh, three-way bed scene with <laughs> Uma Thurman and Maggie Q. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was my foyer. And I was like, well, that was easy. Now I'm in Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood. Little did I know that's not as easy as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it's been some – you've had some wonderful, uh, you know, American Sniper and uh, – all these other, oh yeah, yeah, some great stories. Oh uh, yeah, it's been, it's been yeah a lot of like it's weird because in this career, just kind of like anything, I'm sure I, I don't care what career is. You know, I was compared to my dad being a physician. As you progress, you have this moment of where you kind of have to bump up your self value, and it's a slipper. It feels mm-hmm. weird and arrogant, conceited. But you know, like you know, a physician practices for 15 years. He goes, hey, you know, I'm worth a little bit more, and it's it's weird in the arts because it feels super arrogant because it's a, such an art it's already a sensitive medium as it is and so um my my manager and my agents we've been really picky about like taking bigger roles and like kind of forcing my way up uh the the proverbial chain and yeah i've been on like seal team here in uh, uh the u.s to really good big show on uh, cbs ironically playing a navy seal so that my green beret friends hated me for that and um yeah american sniper i got to at least act with uh my childhood action, one of my childhood action guys, Steven Seagal, 
And uh, so, yeah, there's just been a little bunch of little hoop moments like that where I'm like, holy crap, this is actually happening. And you've also got a podcast. I do. I uh, I was inspired by a friend of mine in the United Kingdom named Craig Avery. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it was funny because a lot of people, for whatever reason, they, uh, they, they kind of take to me. I mean, I'm not unaware that for whatever reason I have a draw of some weird sorts, but the weirdest thing I always found was I always found like, you know, there could be some wannabe Green Beret, former Green Beret, aspiring athlete, single mother, you know, the weirdest audience that is drawn to me. And I was like, God, I have so much fun crap to talk about. So I formulated a podcast and it's, it, it applies to a really wide audience, which actually might be bad marketing, you know, but it, uh, I finally just made a podcast and I just played with the, the play on words from the Wizard of Oz and it's called The Land of Boz. Uh, you know, and I do what I do. And uh, in this day and age, I, I truly think podcasts, unless you're super giant and rich and can do them for free, I think they're the next thing to be monetized. Because if you think about it, I know you, I mean, you put several hours into a one hour show. My one hour show, once I put edits and sound effects and transitions, you know, I put about four or five hours a day into the show and it's a five day week show and uh so I, I i took the gamble and I, I put it on a paid platform and I'll, I'll be damned if i didn't get subscribers quickly you know so it's really cool to put the create the content because i love it don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but actually also you know put food on my table with it which is you know the best of both worlds and uh i offer a free uh, every monday is a free one so everybody can feel it out and then the tuesday through saturday are the ones where they pay and it's only like two dollars a month <laughs> you know it's yeah. 20 hours of of a podcast and it's a blast. Some days it's like, oh crap, I made a promise. <laughs> you know, so like, you know, it's like, oh crap, I'm pay- making people are paying for this. I actually got to do it today. So, yeah. now, yeah. now, anyone listening now, how how can they find it? Oh, it's super easy. Like, it's on uh, Spotify and iTunes, and it's called The Land of Boz. The the website you go to subscribe to, it's it's the I, I would say it's one of the bigger monetized sites. It's called Patreon.com. P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Jeff Bosley and you can do different tiers of membership and most people just take the two dollars a month and they get 20 hours of podcast and uh, yeah they're, they're at least an hour long and I I do green beret talk I do you know I have a friend she's a self-proclaimed hippie and we do all this spirituality talk I have a, <laughs> a jaded father of three kids that he comes on and we play a game called there's the horse <laughs> yes, and uh <laughs> disagree yeah. we have we do game we do games like one of the, the fans favorites it's a game we call it cowboy term or sex term where i have the listener i give the listener some sort of phrase term and they have to decide if it's a cowboy term or pretty much a <laughs> pornographic sex term and then what's beautiful about it i love I, I get a kick out of this game what's beautiful about it is i don't tell them what it, if they're right or wrong and then i have to tell them they have to define it so i could say stretch huh. uh, let's just say something innocuous like stirrup we all know that's a, a western cowboy term yeah. of some sort if they didn't know that and they said sex term, then they all then they'd have to make up what they think it is. And then so it's super embarrassing when I'm like, no, that's a cowboy term, but you're a sick, sick human for what you just said. <laughs> uh, so yeah, people love that game. It's I, a riot. I think it's an absolute great idea. I suppose one, one I don't know where I came up with that. No, I, 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 mm. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. I think maybe yeah, that's not, not for the airwaves. <laughs> well that well that's what's beautiful is I have to I tell them they can't go over PG thirteen, so then they have to also dance around that definition. <laughs> around what they want to say and not say because i'm like no i know parents listen to this in their car with kids in the back seat so 
Yeah, um, it's it's basically comedy entrapment. Yeah, I, I think there's probably a few that I can think of that maybe um, lend themselves to both uh, both genres. <laughs> oh yeah, no, don't 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 get me wrong. There are definitely ones where I'm like, I'm pretty sure that could be either depending on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, now, um, I'm fascinated, but I think we've got to be careful. And there's a couple of <laughs> exactly. a couple of other things um, I, I, I was meaning to ask you about. One was deserted, and also Jack Reacher. Can you tell us a bit about those two? Exciting. Yeah, that's um. Dessert is probably the fastest I'll hammer through that. Me and a, one of my closest friends in L.A., we started, we just kind of got tired of these little piecemeal things, and we're like, you know, let's just make a straight-up full-feature full uh, movie. And, um, you know, we're calling in all our assets. And in my travels, I've met some, I guess you'd say celebrities I can't believe I know, and we're gonna, we're trying to pull them in. And he wrote a great script. It's kind of like a neo-noir, or neo-noir, like a film noir kind of crime, crime thriller. You know, people in the wrong place, wrong, wrong time, uh, mob thing, and uh, we've been shooting that, and it, it looks beautiful. The footage we have, and uh, I will probably never do that again because acting is way easier than all the other stuff I have to do with that movie. Because acting, you just show up and play pretend. I'm actually making a movie, you know, you have to go. I need money. Oh, we need actors need to eat. You need cost. I mean, it's now I see why people uh, have three million people working on a film at one time. So. And the Jack Reacher thing, that's my uh, holy crap giant thing that um, could change my life. Um, if those of you don't know, that there's two Tom Cruise movies that came out called their Jack Reacher movies. And um, they were actually based on, a at this point, a 25-book series. And uh, just, just like any book series, book fans are fanatics by definition. And uh, I actually forgive slight vulgarity here. I was actually using a hole in Iraq going to the bathroom and uh somebody had sat a jack reacher book on the dirt there so i started reading it while I was, you know going to the bathroom <laughs> and i fell in love with the book as a fan and i've been a fan for years and the the, the catch is for those who don't know is um you know most books the author says uh, talks about the character and just kind of does a vague description and just kind of moves on this character in the book a plot point and it's like a it's it's a major involvement in every book all the time is this the the, the, the character's build he's six and a half feet tall 250 pounds no disrespect to mr cruz but not him yeah and so the fans when those movies were made were just not happy by any means and um trying to sum, sum it up is after those two movies the rights went back to the author lee child and um it was on the BBC, actually, I think the first, because he, he's, 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 he's British, I think, or Scottish. He's European. He's not us. <laughs> and it, was, it, was, it was released on BBC. He was interviewed, and they were asking, because he's doing, he's doing a new book tour. And the, always the famous question everybody goes is like, oh, so what's the, why did you cast Tom Cruise? And he finally goes, now that the contract is up, he basically said, uh, we're doing it. We're taking it to streaming service, and it's not going to be Tom Cruise. It's going to be an unknown actor that fits the character. And I, I went town like a cocaine addict. I, I just saturated the internet. I, I got fans. I created all sorts of publicity and media. Fans started making fake book covers. And um, there's a huge campaign now that says Bosley for Reacher. And uh, I met him. I went to New York to just kind of meet him. And I'll be damned if he didn't take time and meet with me. And then later that week, he actually brought me up to a panel to talk to his fans. Uh, with the moderator. So I was actually on the table talking to the fans and then you know, as a potential next Jack Reacher. And this is, uh, it's the, the, I guess the uniqueness of this is it's unprecedented. Yeah. Studios don't ever want to risk an unknown. 
and he has all the final say in it, and that never happens. Studios are terrified of that thing, and he's actually adamant about it. I, I, I mean this truly objectively. Every actor I've ever seen on any fan site mentioned isn't Jack Reacher. Like, behind closed doors, I am this character. I'm by physical stature, military background. I mean, hell, I speak French. The character has blue eyes. The character speaks French. Um, how our attitude is on life, and the fans are just... I'm trying to do this where, you know, most of the time when you see movies, the fans have to, like, accept it after the fact. Like, oh, okay, Ben Affleck's Batman will try to deal with it. This is the first one. I'm actually trying to make them part of the process of casting. So it's part of it. It's I'm a pretty big movie nerd, and I can't think of a time something like this that's ever happened where the fans actually are part of the casting process. So this happens. I make history, and, you know, I be a lead character on a major TV show. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. We we wish you all the best. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah we, terrifying, we, but ex- excitingly terrifying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> I had one of the friends of a of our show had a part, a big, quite a big part in Bohemian Rhapsody, which has just gone all the great oh, yeah, recently. Yeah. And um, yeah. So you know, watch this space. Jack Reacher would be, you know, like I say, it'd be more appropriate, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I tried out for uh, the, the lead actor in, in, in Bohemian Rhapsody, but then they realized no, I, had no ta- I had no talent. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's one role that would, would surprise me. I suppose if I was a fan of Queen, like the Jack Reacher's fans, I might feel I've got, they've got the wrong man here. Yeah, yeah. And I would support you, uh, you know, poop bombing my house uh, with lack of support. Uh, Jeff, it's absolutely a pleasure to see. I can see why people are drawn to you. I, I know our listeners oh, God, are always, always. always drawn to you here, and it's they all love to hear you on always. the show. Well, yeah, and you're like I said, you're on the list of guests for my show, so we'll we'll, we'll all reciprocate and definitely. Make uh, well, that the Jack Reacher thing happens, I'll, I'll I'll call up my man and we'll fly our private jet to your studio finally someday. Definitely <laughs> hammer out this hammer this out for real. Definitely so, Jeff. Jeff absolutely lovely. Look forward to talking to you again soon. It's been a oh, lovely. Thank you so much as always. It's been a great year and uh, looking forward to a great year ahead for both of us. Lovely. All right. Take care, sir. Thanks Good very much. To you. Thanks again. Bye. Uh, it's become an integral part of the program and it always will be. Uh, Jeff Bosley, we talked to this time of the year and wow, that looks like it's going to be a great year for him. Got some more. All right. That is one hell of a long show. That's a whole hour. Hopefully, it was something y'all uh, enjoyed or got something out of, motivated or entertained or any of the above. Uh, but since this is Monday free, thank you those who are listening and enjoy it. And if you truly do like it, um, I do offer, I'm going to have to change the tiers for those of you who do subscribe, because I got to be honest, I'm not pulling off the other two tiers. Uh, so there's some truth there and I apologize and appreciate your tr- your loyalty. Uh, but for those of you who are uh, just listening to the free show, please check out, um, check out patreon.com forward slash Jeff Bosley. Uh, there are four more shows a week there. Uh, it's eight quarters a month. It's uh, $2 a month. And um, I know that if you're kind of rolling your eyes thinking that's trivial, to be honest, in my uh, circumstances, $2 a month from a handful of people is not trivial. It actually does a lot for me. And um, basically, it makes this my job, which makes you my boss and I'm your employee. And it truly is something I do for you. I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. But it's nice that I like my job. And as such, because this is a paid uh, thing, except on Mondays, I treat it like a job. Um, I'm lucky that when I was massively sick for about a month, people, I could basically take time off from it. And I appreciate the loyalty throughout. Uh, but for those of you who are curious what the other two, five, four shows a week are, it's more of this. 
Um, I, I'm very interactive and uh, I, I make this for you because I do know it's for you and it's because of you I can exist uh, in my career. So thank you for everything you do. Please have a, a great, great Monday. Um, if you have a job that in, makes Monday inherently suck, sorry. <laughs> uh, but in the spirit of, I guess, just kicking ass, please go forth, conquer, kick ass, be relentless. Adios, everyone. <laughs>